excuse me. Father, continue to heal and bless the overseer of this ministry. Continue to open doors of favor for him and his family member in the mighty name of Jesus. And God, we will give you all the praise and honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 It may be Ms. Collette. Can you put yourself on mute, Ms. Collette? Oh, yes, sir. Oh, wonderful, wonderful. Mm-hmm. This is a time to just like a praise God for what he has done. And uh, um, as we prepare into listening to God's word, it is uh, a place uh, where we can glorify God, magnify him, lift his name up. Uh, because there is uh, something about like a praising God just does, you know, change our heart and prepares our heart. In the in the past, when uh, we, uh, I grew up in a Catholic church, right? and uh, it starts with a song, uh, and the songs like uh, you know, enter His gates with thanksgiving in heart, you know, and it just mm-hmm. prepares our heart. And uh, mm-hmm. as we go into listening to what God wants to speak to us today. You know, let's open our mouth and see, you know, what God has done. If you, if God has done something for you, that is, you know, something that nobody can take it away. Amen. Enemy Amen. cannot take away his glory. Enemy cannot take away, uh, you know, what he has done, you know. So Amen. if there is anyone on the line that has a praise, let's hear them. Amen. Too many to count this week, Daryl. Just too many to count. <laughs> oh, that's wrong. <laughs> I can't even count them. Oh, praise mm-hmm. the Lord. Yes. Mm-hmm. Praise the Lord, Miss Collette. We're so happy, um, you know, for your trip. We're so happy that you spent some time in Ohio, Mr. Collette. Oh, yeah. It was, it's it was a wonderful. healing. It was wonderful. Yeah. It was a quick trip, but it was wonderful. And um, I'll be coming back up here in a few weeks, but um, it was wonderful. Praise God. Wonderful. Praise the Lord. Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Good morning, everyone. This is Katina. Good morning. Good morning. I just want to praise God this morning for his grace and his mercy and his hedge fence of his protection. I had started praying, um, some weeks ago leading up to a trip that I was supposed to take. Uh, my husband and I were supposed to go on vacation to Cabo, uh, San Lucas, Mexico. Uh, we were supposed to leave on yesterday. And we were going with another couple, so the four of us were going. And as we, you know, in the coming weeks leading up to the trip, you know, I've been praying and asking God, you know, to please, intervene if we were not supposed to take this trip, you know, and as each week and each day pass by and you, you listen to the news and you hear about the Delta variants and you hear about all these other variants going and the numbers spiking and everything and, you know, I was still, we were still going to risk it and go, you know, standing on God's surety, but I, my prayer was still God intervene. If it was, if it's not within your will, if it's not, we're not supposed to go, God, I need you to show up and don't let us get on that plane. And on Wednesday, our friends called us and told us that they had tested positive for COVID and wasn't going to be able to go. 
Mm-hmm. And I'm just so thankful to God for always showing up when we ask him to show up. I thank him for mm-hmm. his grace and his mercy because that's what mm-hmm. it looks like. His grace mm-hmm. and mercy overflows and grants us with things that we don't even really need, to, that we don't deserve. And mm-hmm. because we are covered mm-hmm. with his blood and we are protected in his blood, he has the ability to show up when we ask him, God, what is your will? And let it be made known. Mm-hmm. And I prayed that and I asked that. I asked him to intervene. And despite of the fact that our friends have COVID, he still intervened and gave us the ability to change our minds and not get on that plane, to show us mm-hmm. what his will was. And I'm believing that the God I serve was saying, y'all are not supposed to go, because that's what, that was my prayer. And I thank him for that. So, you know, as a result, he was able to cancel our our, our flight reservations and cancel our, our hotel arrangements and we just made a slight detour. So instead of going to Cabo, we decided to come home and visit our my mom and dad. So we came to Charleston. Oh, and I welcome to Charleston. <laughs> yeah. So you know, there's no place like home. You know, Amen. when we ask him, you know, when we pray and we ask him for his will, we have to be prepared for whatever that is. And even mm-hmm. though we didn't get a chance to go to this beautiful place. You know, I'm not disappointed by that at all because I'm more excited about the fact that God heard me and he allowed yes. the situation to come out of that. And he'll do whatever it is that he has to do in order to be able to save us, in yes. order for us mm-hmm. to be safe. And I'm trusting mm-hmm. that he used, you know, our friends as the mode, you know, a vehicle for us to, to second-guess this trip. And I'm yes. trusting and I'm knowing that he's going to bring them out. You know, that he's going to touch them, he's going to heal them. No death is going to come out of this, and they're going to be coming back with a praise report because that's my prayer now that, God, you know, you use them as a vessel to make your name known. But, God, I know you're going to heal them also. I know that you are. You know, Mm -hmm. praise be unto God that my husband and I, we tested negative, and, you know, we were just around them you know, days prior, but we were, we were, we're, we're negative, so we don't have it, but mm-hmm. we're praying for our friends that our friends are going to overcome. But I just thank yeah. him so much for his protection. I thank him for his yeah. blood. I thank him for his will. And I thank him for his intervening in every situation. And I thank him for his grace and mercy today. Ms. Katina, God knows this is on your bucket list, and he, this is just mm-hmm. a pause that he's just like a moving the dates, you know. But that, this may not be where God wants you to be this week, mm-hmm. you know. And, and so I'm glad that, you know, you, you were able to. This is like a, such a beautiful testimony because yes. she was able to not only listen to what God was saying, a lot of times, even when God says something not to do, we kind of like to justify that with our word. Now, mm-hmm. this is not what I heard. <laughs> um, maybe I am supposed to go because there is somebody out there who needs God's word that I'm going to preach. <laughs> so we try to like to justify a lot of our action, but mm-hmm. it's just having a strength to just like, a, you know, make that kind of a decision. It's just mm-hmm. what God can do to us. Amen. Amen. Yes, hallelujah. This is this is Terry and Rose from Texas, and we uh, listen every Sunday, and we appreciate you. We consider all you folks our friends, and we look forward yes. to meeting you someday. Yeah, uh, we just in our we farm and ranch out here, and in this old dry country, we we've been 
needing rain, and God just has blessed us with rain for the last two days, so we thank him for that. Hallelujah. Such a blessing to us. Also, on your prayer, I'm on your prayer chain, on your text on the prayer chain, and y'all keep my phone lit up a whole lot. And, uh, <laughs> and although I don't, I don't join in, but I want you to know we join in in faith with you, and we just uh, I appreciate being I appreciate being part of y'all so very much. So we yeah. thank God for all y'all. Praise the Lord. So glad to hear your voice, Terry. We're so glad. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. From from Texas to Charleston to where y'all blessing. Washington, D.C. I don't know, all these different places. It's just wonderful. Look how God is. Yes. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I mean, that, uh, Brother Terry, is this, that, uh, that line uh, the way it is working is that uh, when people ask for prayer, I add them to that line. And so when they get like uh, added and someone's praying for them and then they get like a uh, cured or they get healed or they get like, a, you know, uh, what God has, you know, uh, provisioned for them. Then the next time someone is going through a similar thing, they're all jumping in to pray. <laughs> so it's like that. Uh, Watching beautifully how God is dealing with this, you know. Yes. yes. I appreciate being on the list. Uh, even though we don't respond in the text, we're with you in faith. And we join, yes. we join with you all for the healing and answer to prayer. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise, Praise the Lord. Any yeah. other praise items? I, yeah, I, I want to praise. Oh, go ahead. Brenda. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go before you, Miss Sarah, because you're long. You're right. Oh, you're right. <laughs> the Lord bless me. You know He blessed me because the enemy, when I was a kid, was trying to keep me well, from talking. Talk. I was so right. Go ahead. Right. Go ahead. <laughs> I just thank God for this day. I just thank God for just knowing what we stand in need of. I thank God for. Yes. Creating situations to just make us draw closer to him. Yeah. You know, I just because if things was all peaches and cream, we wouldn't give God a second thought. Amen. But I just thank God yeah. for Hallelujah. situations that he creates. Mm-hmm. That he allows. That he allows yeah. to keep us mm. focused on him. Yeah. In spite of what we're going through, in spite of how we may think things or situations are disappointing and where, you know, the enemy wants us to worry. But I thank God for the reassurance that we've got peace. To know yeah. that whenever things come up, God allows these things. These things were ordained before the foundation of the world. And God yeah. knew that we were coming to this point. And I just thank God for enough trust in him to know that everything's going to be all right. I just thank him just for situations to draw me close to him. That's what I'm waiting for today, just for situations to draw me closer to him and to draw me closer in the word and to just remind him of his promises that are written in the word and and the word that he says that'll never come back void. What he says, he's going to do it. 
in his time, and I just thank him for being an all-knowing God today. And I yeah. thank him that he's my Abba Father. Hallelujah. He is my Jehovah Shalom today. I just thank him for all those many names that we've already been taught. Haven't yeah. quite learned them all yet, but I thank God that God knew that we were going to need this series because I can attest to the fact that some of these names or all of these names that we've already learned, it has touched our lives in one way or another for us to call on that particular name. So God knows exactly what we need, when we need it, and he's right on time when he gives it to us. And that's my praise. And I also praise God for my girl being here. I know had she not planned that trip, she would have been here anyway. But I thank God for allowing the situation that she could be here. Not that I need support but it's the love that's being shown that we're there for another one for it's the love that we're there for another one for one another when we need one another. And I just thank God for him for him being an all knowing God today. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. 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 I'm gonna be very sure that um everybody was not on the line when we were Praising the Lord for um, Mrs. Poinsett's birthday last Sunday. I forgot. And um, she was 88 last Sunday. She's on the phone today, and we're so pleased. And and, um, Susan's birthday is um, Wednesday. It started out yesterday because the son came from Alabama to fix her a a birthday meal, and they enjoyed it uh, thoroughly. So, her birthday, and then just in case, y'all need to remind me that on August the 31st is Sabrina's birthday. Uh, Any birthdays coming up, y'all let let uh, Fredly know so she can say, Sarah, did you forget somebody's birthday? You know. <laughs> and we'll August do- the 23rd is Barbara's birthday. Oh, thank you, Barbara. August the 23rd. Okay. Hallelujah. I told you Sarah was someone else. Didn't I tell yeah, you that? Yes, you did. You did. But I said I don't. I don't. I didn't. I was looking. I looked through my book. I couldn't. I didn't see your name, Barbara. But I'm thinking you did tell us before. I didn't write it down on that little slip of paper. But um, praise the Lord. We wish everybody a happy birthday and and the Lord's blessings upon each of you. And I'm. I think Barbara and Susan are catching up with me. I'm 71, and I think they're. Almost there if they're not there. <laughs> Miss Susan said she's that's, 17. That's a week away. That's right. Susan said she was 17. That's right. She did say that the other day. So that's right. So it's 17 turned around to 71. <laughs> Praise Hallelujah. the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 And, uh, Sandra, my neighbor Sandra is probably not on the phone because she took her, uh, she and, and her uh, daughter and, and several other family members took her granddaughter to college um, Friday. And so they're finishing up um, today with little things. And so we're 
so pleased with that. And we know Johnny, who, who may or may not be on the phone, um, he took his granddaughter, his daughter, excuse me, his daughter to school uh, this past week. And um, we also had a, a, a last-minute touch with our kids to career students who are headed to college. And uh, Barbara, your your special student that you pray for, he was praying. He was giving us a prayer. All uh, right. God, he was talking to God like he's talking to us, and it was. My, I had to use my tissue here if I had toilet paper, and not tissue. I would have been using that that toilet paper because he was praising the Lord, and he was just so thankful. And the his phone or his whatever he was using to to be online with us, it quit. I said that's nothing but the enemy trying to yeah. stop him from praying, but he got back on, but um, Cyril continued, and, and we just, it was just such a blessing, and that day, my, my stomach was just like butterflies. It wow. felt like 1967 when I first went to college, just listening to those students, and I was very quiet that day, too, and that was why, because I was on the line crying and just rejoicing, but I'm going to stop talking, because I think my time is up, as you all know. Uh, as Brenda reminded me, I talk a lot. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. The conference has been muted. Wonderful. Praise God. You know, as what Miss uh, um, Sarah was saying, you know, this is a good week for you to remember and pray for the children that are going to schools and colleges. And uh, especially if you're driving this week and you're, if you happen to pass through uh, a school or a college, uh, lift up your hands and just pray for these children because our children need the prayers more than any time. Um, you know, uh, the, the thing is with the, all the COVID going around, the schools probably getting shut down or, you know, the kids, some of them have to go through Zoom, which wasn't very pleasant experience for some of the kids. So there's like a lot of things going on in their life. So we will lift them up in prayers. And uh, like what Ms. Sarah said, we have 58 kids in total that are going to college this year um, through Proverbs 2 to 6 scholarship. And uh, uh, we have uh, 80 plus kids in this last uh, um, seven, eight years. We were able to be part of their life to spend scholarships to those children. And so we are so excited for these children. Before we get into the word, um, let's quickly pray that God will speak to us with clarity today. Father God, we come before your throne of grace one more time this morning. We ask the Father God to just like bring our hearts to oneness so we can actually listen to your voice this morning, Father God. We are, we are eager, we are, we, are, we are thirsty, Father God, for your word this morning. God, we pray that, that even the next, you know, hour time that we get a chance to spend, let your word soak into our hearts, mind, and soul. Father God, we are ready to just listen to what our hearts can just like a grasp out of what you're going to say this morning, God. God, we are so thankful for all the many blessings that you have poured upon each and every one of us. Uh, 
Father God, the, 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 the daughter coming to spend time in Charleston, or Father God, the life that you have just like renewed and refreshed with one more year. Father God, we are so thankful for every one of the blessings that you have showed upon us. Father, even right now, as we go to listen to your voice, Father God, give us also this, this word to become real in our life. And we will take and use them every day of our life, Father God. We send ourselves into your hands. God, you take the glory and honor in Jesus' name. Amen. Today, the word that I was going to talk about is another name of the Lord. I that this is one of those names I have to really work on. I know Miss Sarah says, like, you know, she has to find it very quickly what that word or the spelling and so on. But this is a little bit, tiny bit more um, to, to, to do. The, the word that today we're going to look at, the name of the Lord, is Jehovah Mikadishkam. And I really, if uh, we were in a room together, uh, I would have made you say this at least three times. Mikadishkam, 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 you know. So the, the thing is, um, this this are like a very um, nature of God. They, they, these are names that just, uh, like what Ms. Brenda said, like it's not just like a, any random words that God used. There is a purpose and a meaning behind it. Jehovah Mikadishka means the Lord who sanctifies you. The Lord who sanctifies you. When you look back at your life, and I'm doing the same thing uh, with mine as well, have you ever, you know, told God, God, I don't really want to do this. God, you know, I know this is just like a really, not what you want me to be doing this. And, and sometimes we even make, uh, you know, an oath or a vow to tell God, like a God, I, I will not do this again. And, uh, you know, we would be really hard struggling to keep it up. You know, not to see that, uh, you know, TV program or not to eat that food or not to be with that person. We, we just, uh, you know, but then after like a, a week or two, somehow we slide ourselves back into it. There are certain habits in our life. It, it doesn't go away unless God sanctifies and purifies and and just cleanse and sets us apart from it, it's really hard with our own strength to do certain things. And God says, okay, I got this. I got this, you know. And he says, I am the God Methodistum. I am the God who sanctifies. I am the God who sets you apart. Unless God intervenes into that situation, it's really hard for us to get out of it. The very first time this, this word Mechadishkam comes in, is in the book of Exodus. There are two places, or at least two places where we could, you know, jump in today, uh, where God says, I am the Lord, I am the Jehovah Mechadishkam. And if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to Exodus chapter 31, verses 12 and 13. Exodus chapter 31 verses 12 to 13. And if you're taking notes, um, go ahead and take your notes. 
But, you know, we will send out the, the uh, message later today or tomorrow. But the thing is, like, you know, if you're taking notes, uh, you know, and if you're not getting the uh, messages, please let Ms. Sarah or Ms. Brenda know so we can actually add your name to the email list. Okay? With that said, the Bible says in verse 12, the Lord spoke to Moses saying, speak also to the children of Israel saying, my Sabbath you shall keep, for it is a sign between me and you throughout your generation that you may know that I am the Lord who sanctifies you. I am the Jehovah Mekedishkar. The Lord, actually I really like the, 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 another version that I saw where it says that um, the Lord then gave these instructions to Moses, tell the people of Israel, be careful to keep my Sabbath day. For the Sabbath is a sign of the covenant between me and you from generation to generation. It's given, Sabbath is given, so you may know that I am the Lord who makes you holy. The Lord wants to make us holy. God knows our past. God knows our motive. God knows our heart. In fact, when we studied about El Roi, the God who sees, he sees everything. We're like in an open book before him. There is nothing hidden from him. And the Bible says like, because he sees those things in our life, he's out there to help us to break that cycle. One, one thing, before we go into reading about the, the Mechadishkam, the, the Lord who sanctifies it, we will first look at the one big condition that God gives. The, the condition that God gives is this. When you read any type of version of the Bible, it says, be careful to keep my Sabbath day. The Sabbath day. Sometimes when we think about the Sabbath, it's not a normal term that we use, but in the Jewish culture, it's like a very undoubted, in those days, the, when these words were written, people were working and working and working. God says, if I have taken time to rest, you should do it as well. There's nothing about the seventh day, or, you know, whether that seventh day is a Saturday, seventh day is a Sunday. All those things are, are just like, a, you know, immaterial. The fact that God is saying, take rest, take Sabbath, eat, sleep, and rest, oftentimes is taken as like, a, you know, God is saying, don't, don't do anything, right? But it's not what God was talking to the children of Israel, and it's not what God's talking to us today. It's not about eating and resting. God is saying, take time to reflect. Take time. Take an intentional time to slip yourself away from Netflix and Hulu. Take your time off of things that's distracting you from thinking about me. Take time from your busyness of the day for one day so that you're not occupied with the things of the patterns of the world. But instead, in order for you to live well, observe, 
Sabbath, right? Not only that, the, the, I saw that one of the Ten Commandments is talking about Sabbath. The, the rest is not just an aimless rest that God is talking about. It's talking about a God-centered rest. They have to take time to reflect on the purposes of Lord and just to spend time with the family. I just read this week on a LinkedIn, somebody posted saying, if, if you die today, your company will replace you next week. Right? If you, if you, you know, a lot of times we do stuff that can be replaceable. Your company, you and I are not irreplaceable. We are, you know, the companies can find somebody else to replace us. But what's going to stand for a longer period of time is like what we did with our eternal God. If we don't slow down and just like sit back and, and, and just listen to what God is uh, saying to our life, we may actually go so far into this journey and not realizing, what did we do for 30 years? What did I do for 40 years? You know, we would have left, we would have left our soul to catch up with our body. And, and that the time it takes for our soul to catch up with our body is not given enough rest. We would be running and running and not having enough time to just like a glorify God. And that's what God is saying. The main proposition that he's making is that uh, slow down with your walk. Slow down with what you're doing. Sometimes even just like listening to uh, a meditation or, uh, you know, listening to all the word of God on Sunday mornings, uh, you know, God is saying, like, even when you're listening to those things, don't rush through them. Just slow down so you can soak them in. So with that said, the most important thing for us to meditate on this morning is sanctification, setting apart. In fact, in the word, about 700 times in the Old Testament, the word sanctification comes into play. It is kind of like the word that just says, uh, you know, dedicate your life, consecrate your life, set yourself apart. Go. There are two places, like I said, that, you know, the Word of God is talking about the sanctification or, you know, the Lord being the Jehovah Mekadishkim, right? The second place that it's talking about is Leviticus chapter 20, verses 7 and 8. The Bible says, consecrate yourself, therefore, this is Leviticus, book of Leviticus chapter 20, verses 7 and 8. Consecrate yourself, therefore, and be holy. For I am the Lord your God, and you shall keep my statutes and perform them. I am the Lord who sanctifies you. I am the Jehovah Mechadishman. It says, like, you know, because I am holy, I want you to be holy. What does it mean by sanctification? So I started to look for the meaning of this word, sanctification, I know this set apart. I know it's a, there's got to be a little bit more than that. And so when I looked at it, the, the, the regular explanation 
for what sanctification means, there, there is a um, the Miriam dictionary and all those things give a lot of meaning. But the, this one thing was very good. It says the generic meaning of sanctification is the state of proper functioning. To sanctify someone or something is to set that person or thing apart for the use intended by the designer. Right? If there is a product that is made, that product is made for a certain purpose. If there is a car that is made, that car is made to take us from one place to the other. That's the purpose. If there is like a cell phone that is made, the cell phone is sanctified when it actually, when you put that number and just like a call somebody, then if it reaches the other side, the person that you're expecting to speak to, instead of uh, like, a, you know, it goes to a person B instead of A, if it does the job well, the properly, then that, that one device is actually functioning the way it is designed to function, right? And, and if it is like eyeglasses, they are sanctified when it is used to improve your eyesight. Right? If it's a pen, uh, it is sanctified when it is used to write. So every product, when it does its function, then the product is performing to what it is designed for. Right? And theologically, that's what the, 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 the definition says. Sanctification is the things that we do when it accomplishes the purpose God intends, then we are sanctified then we are functioning. And, and, the, and the thing is that, the, you know, the process of sanctification brings us closer to God while we are in earth and prepares us for eternity with Him. So, with that said, the number one reason, there are three things that we're going to see today about sanctification, and I'm hoping that it's going to help us, you know, just to learn this part of, like, God's attributes even better, right? Sanctification in core, it's God's essential attribute. You know, it's just reflecting God's essential attribute that He is holy. We have to remember about all things that the Bible is talking about. Our God is holy. That's the core of His being. In fact, you know, in the First Peter chapter one, verses fifteen and sixteen, it says, "Just as He called you, is holy." So be holy in all things you do, for it is written, be holy because I am holy. God is saying that, you know, the, the reason that we also see, there are two other places that I see that in the book of Revelation that we saw a couple of weeks ago, that day and night, there are people in the heavens that are just like a praising God saying, holy, holy, holy. Is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. You're worthy, our Lord and God, to receive the glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and by your will, they will be created and have their being. There are angels in heaven, and all they are doing is to just like a proclaim the word, God, you're holy, 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 holy. Because... 
That holiness that they are talking about is just beyond our imagination. The purity that they are talking about is unexplainable, undescribable, right? And that's why even in the book of Isaiah, chapter 6, verse 3, the prophet is saying how when he saw the vision, they were calling to one another, holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. When they sent the word holy, the Bible is not saying love, love, love. Uh, the Bible is not saying serve, serve, serve when it is describing God. The Bible is saying he's holy, holy, holy. Right? When they say the word, when the sound of their voice hits the doorpost of heaven, right? the Bible says the thresholds shook, the temple was filled with smoke. When they use the word holy, when it comes out of them, the, the, the place was just like a filled with smoke. When someone says God is holy, 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 it just changes the trajectory of that room. That's the God we serve. It's, it's given. So you and I may know that, the, you know, the one who has called us is holy. So how do we personalize? We know God is holy. We've heard and said. But now God is saying, let me rub that on you. Let me just like, a, uh, you know, push that aroma on your life. Let me just like, a, you know, uh, take care of this because that's something I'm really good at taking care of, which is to make you holy, just like I am holy. And we see that uh, in, in John chapter 15 as well. Abide in me, I in you. God is saying, come closer to me, draw closer to me, touch my being, be in my presence. You will start to just like a, get this, you know, holiness transferred into you. This mechadishkim is, is just, uh, you know, something that is transferable, that I'm just going to transfer my holiness to you. You have to be closer to me for me to transfer that to you. Sometimes when we travel from one place to the other, especially in the south, I don't know about, you know, the cities in the, uh, and the Californias and the New York, how it works, but in the south, when we go from place to place, Sometimes we take a back roads, and when we take the back roads, we would, you know, there are places in those back roads our cell phone stops to work, right? And and the, you will be in a very serious conversation as you're going through, and all of a sudden, the, the conversation is cut off. Have you ever felt that in your travel? I'm sure. If you are on the back roads in the south, you would run into this, right? What happens is that there are places that we are in where the cell phone towers are not reachable. We are in a certain angle where the cell phone tower is just not able to transmit the voice that we have. And, and God is saying, when you stay away from me, when you are on the back roads where you are away from the antenna of listening to my voice, then you are separated from me, and those are the times God cannot rub his holiness on us. And the thing is this, those separations 
you know, is, is almost like that uh, we are the ones who are causing. It's not God because God do want to rub on us the salt. God wants to rub on us the, the aroma. God wants to rub on us his spices. God wants to rub on us his attribute on us like a, we are the meat ready for the body because he's just like a making that meat ready. Right? So he's rubbing on it his aroma. But sometimes what happens is that the sins that we do keeps us from listening to what God is saying to us. The sin and the separation from God, that's what we're going to study today. What are we doing to separate ourselves from God to do this? When we came into this country, the first few months, you know, we were just like, as we were watching the TVs, there was one show that just like got our attention. That was a Bill Cosby show. I don't know, any of you have watched the Cosby shows, but that was like every night at 7.13 TBS, you would sit down to watch because we know that that is a dedicated time for Bill Cosby, right? And in one of those things, one of those episodes, uh, his daughter, Vanessa, right, she brings a boyfriend to the, the uh, Thanksgiving dinner, right? The timing was a little bit off in that uh, when she comes in and introduces them, they were all busy with the other things and they were not paying attention to her, even though that uh, the boy was of a good character, but nobody was able to accept him, right? Because they were all doing other things. It wasn't presented well, right? And so in the evening, later in the night, the father, the Cosby, takes her, his daughter, and he just like asks her or talks to her about what went wrong with that scene. And he asks her, what do you cook for Thanksgiving? And the, the girl will say, mashed potatoes. Mmm. And gravy. Yum. And she would say like, oh, we would have like a turkey. And he will say, yummy. And what else do you cook for? String, uh, uh, string beans. Yum. And so she goes on to talk about all the food that people would eat on a Thanksgiving dinner. And after all that, the father will say to the daughter, you know what you did? You cooked all this good meal, but you put it on a garbage can top, I mean, top and just you presented it to us. And that's why we were not able to consume. Sometimes that's how our life is. Sometimes we do everything right. We go to church. We read the word. We do all these things. But when we finally go before God, there are some like a dirt in the plate that we have. And God's not able to consume food from a dirty plate, even though other things that are there are good. And God is saying to you and me this morning, I am the Jehovah Mechadishkam. Let me first clean up your plate before you can put all the good stuff on it. God is saying, like, this is 
This is the thing that you need to clean up from your life. This bad relationship or the click on that TV or the addiction or the lust or the, 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 the urge or the craving to, to see certain books or TV or, or, or certain programs. God is saying those are things even though you have so many good things that are going for you, those dirt is making my appetite not ready for you. That's, that's what God wants to say today to you and me, that when you make your life, you know, uh, with your hands, there is a possibility you may not have seen some of the, the dirt in that plate. And God says, I'm going to clean them all because I am the Jehovah Mechadishkin. The sanctification that God is talking about here is not a choice. It is a requirement. In fact, Paul says in Romans chapter 7, verses 15, I do not understand what I do. For what I do want to do, I do not do. But what I hate, I do. This is something that we all go through in this life. We actually, you know, do certain things and then we regret for it. And there are certain things that we want to do, we procrastinate, right? And one thing that we cannot procrastinate is this this relationship that just like lets us come closer to God's grace. It's something we cannot sacrifice. It's a, this, this sanctification that God's talking about, it's not about going to church. It's not about reading the uh, word and memorizing them. It's not about that. It's about like a following every word that comes out of his mouth that's given to us. We will see even more about this. But just as Leviticus chapter 20, verses 7 and 8 says, when I, when I read the book of Leviticus, right? The book of Leviticus was written to give instruction to the, the children of Israel on how to live for the Lord. Because before Leviticus was written, the children of Israel were living in Egypt for nearly 400 years. They've only seen the foreign gods, the pagan gods, and the pagan worship. For over 400 years, they have been, you know, uh, their brain has been, you know, washed with all of those things that were happening in Egypt. And God says, just let me take them out of Egypt. Let me bring them out of Egypt. This word, Jehovah Mechadishkam, did not appear until the children of Israel left from Egypt. That's very important to notice because the holiness cannot happen in your life, in my life, just like in their life, unless God sets us apart, separates us from that place. It's a picture that we, like as believers, will just have to remember that God wants to first remove us from the unholy place. God wants to, cannot perform any of his, you know, miracles 
you know, when we are still stuck in that unholy place. And so he has to remove us and bring us to the place of redemption. And then he starts to talk about being holy. I heard a preacher say, before he gave his life to Christ, he has done a lot of wrong things. But when he did the wrong things, he was comfortable with those things. But after he gave his life to Christ, when he did something wrong, and he was very uncomfortable doing it. Sometimes when we do wrong things, God would speak to your heart and my heart and make us a little uncomfortable. When God makes you uncomfortable, that's the time we have to recognize there is something that he is not being pleased with. This process of sanctification is, is, is a long, life-long process. It's not something that you and I can say, I gave my life to Christ and I'm sanctified and I'm pure, I'm holy. It's between the cross and eternity. It is a daily process that we have to go through. We have to allow the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, we have to allow, allow the Jehovah Mechanism to access to our heart, mind, and our soul so he can start to wash them up every single day. It's a process that needs to happen until we get to heaven or Jesus comes back. He didn't create you and me to go with the flow. That's why in Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, he says, you know, be renewed, be transformed in your mind. Be, be the, you know, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. Because every day there has to be a process of sanctification that needs to happen. And we need to allow God to just like put a soap and just remove the dirt. There are two reasons why God wants to do that sanctification in your life and my life. The number one reason God cares about our purity of our heart. He is Jehovah Jireh. He is Jehovah Shalom. He is El Roi. He is, you know, El Shaddai. He is Adonai. He is Abba Father. He is all that, but he is also the purity of heart gives us access to his presence and the purity of our heart gives us the comfort to know his grace is nearby. When you fall sick these days, it's just very common. When you fall sick, like a, you feel like you have a little bit of a fever and you have like a loss of taste in your mouth, the immediate thing that comes to our mind is maybe I have COVID, right? And you start to think, some of us, even when we know all this may be COVID, we are very scared to go to the doctor because if I go to the doctor and if he says you have COVID, then you, you are scared and I am scared to tell people that we have COVID, right? But in spite of all those scariness that we have, if we get on the car, go to the doctor, the doctor looks at your, 
you know, temperature, looks at all, and does all the tests and everything. And he says, hmm, this is not COVID. This is just a normal flu. You just have a fever. Then you feel the sigh of relief in your mind because, you know, the things that could have gone wrong is no longer wrong. Sometimes, like uh, two weeks ago, I think, it was uh, uh, Brother Vince talking about his son, Jared, and uh, they went and did the test, and after the test, they said, ah, this is just a normal test or a normal uh, thing, and it has nothing to do with uh, what uh, you were thinking. That would have been a sigh of relief in the minds, right? And that sigh of relief comes to us only when our Father in Heaven stands around and says, that's all right, I'll take care of fixing this problem. Because a lot of times we are not on the right side of the wrong. We make mistakes. We are bound to make mistakes. And we need His grace. We need access to His grace. We are not always pure at heart. And when our heart's not in the pure place, we lose access to the throne room. It's almost like a, your hand has this card that gives you access to the throne room. It's like the ID card the companies give. All of a sudden, while you have the, that the ID card in your hand, it just vanishes, vanishes away from your hand. And you're like, oh my God, I don't have access to this throne room. That's how David felt. In Psalm 51, when he is talking about it, he says, create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. There's another place in Psalm 24, two, uh, 3 and 4, he says, Who may ascend to the mountains of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? The one who has a clean hands and a pure heart. Are you taking and pursuing this purity or are you taking it casually? God takes it seriously and that's why we need to do it as well. And so the number one reason why God sets us apart is because he cares about your purity. He cares about the purity in your lifestyle. He cares about the purity in your heart. He cares about the purity in your mind. He cares about the purity in your soul. Every part of it, God cares about him. The second reason why God sets us apart for his service. Sanctification, you know, is needed to, to serve him. Uh, about two or three months ago, we did this study uh, on tabernacle. We, we saw the brazen altar. We saw the holy place. We saw the things in the holy place has like a bowl and a, a plates for keeping the bread. And it had like a, 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 a lampstand. It had like a, a, a bowl for just like keeping the fire for putting the incense. All those, you know, different furnitures that we saw for nearly six or eight weeks, right? Those are furnitures, those, those are equipment that were in the temple 
for worshiping the Lord. They were not used for common purposes. In those days, when those things were sitting inside the temple, they would not take that plate home and eat that dinner with that stuff because it was consecrated. It was separated for God's purposes. And, and the thing is this. You and I are separated for God's purposes. You and I are sanctified, set apart, so that the weekend, one of us, will bring the light for, for his throne room. One of us will serve as a plate where his bread will be kept. One of us will be a bowl that carries his fire. Each of us have a purpose. Each of us are called to do certain things for the kingdom. And that's why in the book of Romans, chapter 6, it says, do not offer any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness, but rather offer yourself to God as those who have been bought, brought from death to life and offer every part of yourself to him as an instrument of righteousness. Romans 6.13, right? What is Paul saying here? We cannot be holy with our hands, but not holy with our eyes. We cannot be holy with our feet and not with our mouth. Every part of it, God says, I'm the Jehovah Methodishkan. Nothing should excite us more than knowing Jehovah Methodishkan, who has set us apart for this purpose. We should ask God, how can the members of my body can be used for your purpose? The sanctification should impact our conversation. The, the, the sanctification of God, the, the mechanism of the Father should impact how we spend our money. The Jehovah mechanism should impact how we have relationship with, our, with the people around the activities that we do, studying God's word, every aspect of what we do should have a root of methodism involved in our life. We should ask this question. Are we using this whole privilege of setting apart in everyday life? How are we using our time is it for you or for the Lord? How are you using your conversation for you or for the Lord? How are we using our skills for, for us or the Lord? God says that I am the God who sanctifies you. I am Jehovah Methodism. I've already established that right now. Now it is our turn to just allow him to clean. How do we cooperate with God? How do we make God just use or have access to our daily life and every part of our, of our lifestyle, right? The number one way that we can allow God to cooperate with us is to prepare our minds for the battle. Prepare our minds for the battle. This is the we know that he is Jehovah Mekedishkim. He is the God of Holy, 
We've already established why he did that and what all he needs in that, you know, statement is already established now. What is my role? How can I cooperate with the Jehovah Mechadishtim? The number one reason or number one thing that we can do to cooperate with him is to prepare our minds for the battle. You may say, hmm, what does it mean, sir? Good question. You know, sometimes we have disagreements or angry with someone, right? I'm sure, you know, I do, but I'm sure you do as well. Sometimes we are not happy. Sometimes we are driving on a freeway. Somebody cuts in. <clears throat> we just, like, a, there is a bad part of us that just, like, it comes out, right? Immediately, sometimes it's more serious, like somebody has done wrong things to us, and our thoughts are immediately negative towards them, right? And, uh, it, it, you know, we want to curse them, or we want some bad things to happen, or we do some things to make bad things happen in their life, because that's how the enemy works in our minds. He uses our mind as a battlefield. Right? Because we're thinking that I have to do something to cause a trouble to this guy because he caused the trouble to me. Because, you know, the, the mind is, is, is something that is just processing throughout the night. I don't know about you. Sometimes when some of the things that happen bad to us or somebody does something bad to me, it just like erodes in our head. It just repeats again and again and again and again throughout the night because it, it's just like bothering us that she said that, she said that, she did that because the brain is just like, you know, not letting it go, right? When I say to you this morning, don't think of a purple lion, right? If I say, don't think about a purple lion, let me tell you, you're already starting to think about the purple line. How does it look, right? Your brain starts to work, right? The same way when you have certain things, negative things in your mind, right? It is not possible for us to stop thinking about that because the brain's already working on that purple line in your head right now, right? In order for us to replace those thoughts, that's going on, that you're still thinking about that purple line, right? If I say, don't think about the purple line, but instead, think about a blue line, right? It's a very silly example, right? It's just not a great example, but, you know, I just want to make a point that in order for us to remove a certain part from our mind, we cannot stop that part from processing in our mind, but we can replace them with a different thought. We can replace the purple lion with the blue lion. We can replace the purple lion with the orange lion. We can, you know, replace that purple lion with something different, but not stop thinking about it. And that's why, you know, in order for us to win and take captive of our thoughts, the number one thing that we have to do is we need to acknowledge that we are thinking bad things about somebody. We just need to, you know, we know it's not glorifying God, but we still need to acknowledge the purple lion in our heads. 
casting down, in Second Corinthians chapter 10, verses 5, it says, cast down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. We need to, we cannot take the mind off of watching bad movies. We cannot take our minds off of saying something bad about somebody because they did wrong to us. We cannot take that out of us, but what we can do is replace them. Right? The, the, the Philippians chapter 4 verses 8 says, Brethren, whatever the things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. If you're thinking about the purple lion, I do not know what your purple lion is this morning. Replace your purple lion with the blue lion. That's what Paul's saying. It could be the anger towards somebody, or it could be watching or reading some bad magazine. I don't know what you're battling in your mind, and it may not come all the time, but we need to know we have a Jehovah Mechadishkim who can clean the plate and give you back the control into your hands because he is so very careful with our life because he wants us to spend eternity with him. And he is using his name to wash us clean. The second thing that we can cooperate with the Jehovah Mechadishkim, the first way that we would cooperate is to, you know, bring the battle, you know, bring the battle to the Lord and just say to him, you know, I'm prepared to surrender my brain, my, my mind into your hands. The second thing is we have to put aside those things that quenches our appetite for reading God's word. There are so many things that are competing today to eliminate our thought or eliminate our, our, our appetite or craving towards God's word. Most often, we're doing things that are not even sinful. I'm not talking about you're doing something wrong, but there are busyness in our life. Uh, or sometimes we wanted to come home and relax. You know, I'm nothing wrong about resting or relaxing, watching Netflix or Hulu or reading books or, you, you know, none of these things are bad, but if it does replace the, the meditation or spending time or craving towards God's word, because the God's word has a power to cleanse and clean and sanctify, consecrate and dedicate our life. And if we are not cooperating with God, in just like allowing him to just like clean us by reading the word of God, we are just like, you know, negating ourselves from staying pure and clean. If, if anything that fills your mind that's not pursuing God's word, we have to take a stock of those things. Sometimes even listening to godly music 
We think that's equivalent to reading God's word. No. Sometimes even listening to preachers, thinking that that's going to take, all oh, this is good. Oh, you know, listening to godly music is good. Godly, you know, preaching is good. But you and I have to get to the word and just have to crave for a time to make the reading of God's word as a priority. God's word washes and sanctifies. We need to beg God to develop compassion for his word. The enemy wants to mess up our understanding of the word. The Bible says, right, in Proverbs chapter 2, verses 1 and 2, My son, if you receive my words and treasure my commands within you, so that you incline your ears to wisdom and apply your heart to understanding. That's what God's word does. It just refines our ears towards wisdom. It applies his words to understand what he's trying to say. Then, verse 9, Proverbs chapter 2, verse 9 says, Then you will understand righteousness and justice, equity and every good part. It's a promise. God says, it is a promise that I have for you. When you read my word, I will allow my word to become a Jehovah Mekedishim in your life. Here is the benefit of being in that state of mind that we have allowed God to take control and then we have also taken ourselves away from like an unnecessary busyness of the world to just get into the word of God. And God says, you know, that gives you power in this life. There is a, uh, there is a story that I just read about a man um, who went to buy a, 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 a chainsaw from a hardware store, right? So he got up very early in the morning and uh, he went there and uh, spoke with the sales guy who took one of the chainsaws and uh, he was telling uh, this man, he was uh, um, talking about like how this is a U.S. model, latest technology. It can cut 10 cords of firewood a day. The customer thought um, that sounded pretty good because, you know, he could only do seven of those cords with his regular knife, I mean, like a chainsaw, right? So the next day, the customer returned back after working on his field, and he was exhausted. And he said to the sales guy, something must be wrong with this saw. He moaned and groped and complained. I worked as hard as I could and only could cut three cards of wood. I used to do like seven with my old-fashioned saw. Looking confused, the salesman was like, hmm, I don't know what could have gone wrong. Let's go try it out. So he took the chainsaw. They went to the back. There was like a pile of wood out there. And the sales guy pulled his cord and started this chainsaw. And the sound, vroom, 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 you know. So it just started to cut, right? And when he started to hear the sound, the, 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 the customer was like, what is that noise? The whole day, the previous day, 
a customer is trying to saw the wood without using the power of the saw to help him. And it is very equivalent to how we as believers try to live a Christ-centered Christian life without the daily empowerment of his spirit. It's like almost like we are not stopping our chainsaw to, to his purpose. And God says, keep all my decrees and the laws and follow them so that in, in one of those chapters, in the same chapter where he talked about this, I'm the God, Jehovah Methodishkim, later in that, he says, you will possess their land. I will give it to you as inheritance, a land flowing with milk and honey. I'm the Lord your God who has set you apart from the nation. Sometimes we tend to live a mediocre Christian life. We don't want to participate. We just wanted to leave that control to somebody else. Recently, some of you might have watched this Olympics. Uh, they, they like just finished. The U.S. did really well. But I was watching with uh, Jay, um, you know, this diving event, right? And we always are fascinated by this this diving event, the swimming uh, event, where the the athletes are jumping up from the top and they're just like rolling and coming down. And we were sitting in in a couch watching all this, and we are saying, "Ah, oh, that's too much splash that came out." He should have talked himself better. Where we are sitting in a couch and and just like making. That kind of a statement. And God, like, you know, you are a spectator in this sport. You have nothing that you haven't contributed anything to that person's success. Sometimes, you know, we tend to do this to the pastors and the leaders of the church. We, we tend to say, like, ah, this guy may not have prepared well for this message this morning. Uh, it was an average message, you know. Whereas, we haven't really done anything to help that process, right? We have to get into the ring, right? I'm not talking about like a giving money to the missions or anything like that. It's like a, we need to be committed to what God has as a purpose in your life and my life. We need that coverage. We need that strength. We need that energy to do God's work and that energy can come when Methodism clears up the path, makes our eyes go clean. We can see clearly what God has for us as we start to cooperate with him, when we start to surrender our minds, and then we take captive of our minds, when we start to give God's word the importance, God starts to clear and sanctify, purify our mouth. He purifies our eyes. In fact, there is a place in, in the book of um, Ezekiel, it's talking about, you know, God's like, a, you know, in, in this, um, hold on a second, I'm just going to get that verse very quickly. Ezekiel chapter 36, verses 22 to 30. Ezekiel chapter 36. If you have your Bible, this is a good place for us to go this morning before I wrap up. Ezekiel. 
verses 22 to 30. Therefore, say to the house of Israel, Thus says the Lord God, I do not do this for your sake, O house of Israel, but for my holy name's sake, which you have profaned among the nations wherever you went. And I will sanctify my great name, which has been profaned among the nations, which you have profaned in the midst of and the nation, nations shall know that I am the Lord, says the Lord God. When I am hallowed in you before their eyes, for I will take you from among the nations, gather you out of all countries, and bring you into your own land. Then I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you shall be clean. I will cleanse you from all your filthiness and from all your idols. The idols here, he's not talking about like a statue. He's talking about anything that replaces God is an idol. Hulu's and Netflix and all these things that if it replaces God, then that becomes an idol in a life. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you the heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and you will keep my judgment and do them. Then you shall dwell in the land I gave it to your fathers and you shall be my people. I will be your God. I will deliver you from all your uncleanness I will call for the grain and multiply it and bring no famine upon you. And I will multiply the fruits of your trees and increase your fields so that you may need never again bear the reproach of famine among the nations. This is God's promise, my brothers and sisters. This morning, he promised to clean us inside out. In fact, he says in Exodus chapter 19, you will be my treasured possession. God just takes a pride in you and me. He will never leave us or forsake us, and he wants to clean. If there is something that is a blessing that is missing in your life, it is because we have not given access to the Father to clean. We haven't given Jehovah Mekadishkam an opportunity to work in our life. It is his purpose to just like a turn us around and give us the much needed cleanness this morning. He is the Jehovah Mekadishkam. I do not know what your battle is this morning in your brain or have no idea what your, your, your reading life is for the Word of God. Today morning, God is saying, I am Jehovah Mekadishkam. Let me come and clean up the place. You don't need to serve all the good food on a dirty plate. 
because I cannot consume. Think about it this way. If someone cooks a really good food and serves you on a dirty plate, will you eat it? We won't. If we won't eat that dirty food, how can God eat that dirty food? We may have done all the good things in our life, but if we don't have our inner man clean, it is really hard for God to use us. And this morning, I'm here to encourage you. Invite the Jehovah Mechanism into your life. Brother Vince. Thank you, Brother Cyril. Thank you for teaching us a word I, I've, that we've never heard, uh, not, not familiar with. Jehovah Mechadishkum, the Lord who sanctifies. And sanctification is a state of proper functioning as intended by our designer. And, and bring us back to the Sabbath. The Sabbath is given to make us holy. To be careful to rest, to take time to reflect. Take intentional time to think about him, our Lord. Take time for the things, to put aside the things of the world to think about him. And we are not to rush through our meditation with him. Sanctification brings us closer to God on earth. God's essential attribute that he is holy is sanctification. He wants us to rub, to push the holiness on us transferring the mechadiscum to us only through his Holy Spirit. Again, it's not a choice, it's a requirement as believers in him, as Christians, as disciples of Christ. It's not about going to church or doing your ministry. It's not about the work. It's about following his word. He wants to remove us from that unholy place. That's where the work begins. And it is uncomfortable. It's, it's a daily, lifelong process of sanctifying our heart, our mind, our soul, moment by moment, day by day. And why does he want to sanctify us? Because he cares about the purity of our heart. He cares about the purity of our lifestyle, of our mind, of our soul, and it, because it gives us access to him and comfort with his grace. Now, I don't know about you, but I want to be on the right side of the wrong. That's enough to motivate and transfer my mind. Mm-hmm. Sanctification is needed for a service. Each of us is called to service. Every part of us, not just a few parts, is needed to be holy. And how do we align and cooperate with him? How do we, we prepare our minds for battle? And that's only through the Holy Spirit. And put aside the things that quench your appetite from reading his word. Listening to Christian music and pastors and podcasts do not replace the time in his word. And lastly, what are we using? The question is, what are we using our time, our communication, our skills, our speech, our free time for him? Okay. Amen. Lord Jesus, we bow before you in humility and ask you to examine our hearts today. Show us anything that is not pleasing to you. Reveal any secret pride, 
any unconfessed sin, rebellion, or unforgiveness that may be hindering our relationship with you. We know that we are your beloved children, having received you into our hearts and lives and having accepted your death as penalty for our sinfulness. The price you paid covers us for all time, and our desire is to live for you. As we take the bread representing your life that was broken for us, we remember and celebrate your faithfulness to us and to all who will receive you. Thank you for your extravagant love and unmerited favor. Thank you that your death gave us life, abundant life now and eternal life forever. We receive this bread in remembrance of you. And in the same way, we take this cup representing your blood poured out from a splinted cross. You are the supreme sacrifice for all of our sin, past, present, and future. Today, we remember and celebrate the precious gift of life you gave us through the blood you spill. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. In the Bible, Matthew chapter 26, verses 26 to 28. This was the night before Jesus was crucified. And uh, he was sitting with the disciples and they were eating. And in the middle of their eating, Jesus took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples saying, Take and eat. This is my body. Today, as we take this bread, you know, I'm praying that we are going to allow the Jehovah Mechadishkin a complete access to every part of our body. As you take this bread, know this for sure, his body is just like a merging with yours and yours with him and that he is not going to leave any part of your body, whether it's eyes, whether it's your mouth, whether it's your hand, whether it's your leg, or any part of your body, into the darkness. Let's go ahead and take the bread. Then he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink from it. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I do not know what dirt is on that plate of yours. But when we give access to the Jehovah Mechadishkan, He's going to clean that plate inside out. It's a cleansing process. That's what he says with his blood that is poured on that rugged cross. He can forgive and cleanse us. Let us take the strength into remembrance of him. Father, we come before your throne of grace one more time this morning. 
for every one of us, Father God. We just don't want to leave even a small inch of room for this enemy this morning. God, cleanse us with your word. Cleanse our mind. Cleanse our heart. Father God, we wanted to welcome that Jehovah make a distance in our life. We, Father God, want you to sanctify. God, you are the one who knows how to sanctify and clear and purify us. God, the habits that we are not able to let go, Father, we are asking you to become the Jehovah Mekadishkam of that habit, to be removed from our life, from east to west, from north to south. Father God, there is no part that we want to have. We want to wash our hands away this morning from the habits and from the routines that doesn't glorify you or honor you. God, we pray this morning, Father God, that you will give us the strength to win the battle in our minds. Every time, Father God, the purple lion shows up, Father God, replace that purple lion with the blue lion, Father God. Replace them with your word. Replace them, Father God, with the, your your good things, your, 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 your thought process, your mind, your heart, Father God, be replaced in ours. Father, we pray that this will become a journey that we would, Father God, will go from glory to glory and honor to honor, Father God, in your presence. Until we see you, Father God, face to face, we are all yours. God, use us for the extension of your kingdom and your glory. In Jesus' name, Father, we pray. Amen. The conference Amen. has been unmuted. Amen. 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 We pray that this is a blessing for you, that this word starts to cleanse every area of your life. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Everybody have a blessed week.